This episode of The Naked Truth is brought to you by City of Angels, LA's premier West Coast swing event. Join us April 11th to the 14th in sunny Los Angeles, California, for a weekend of workshops, competition, and social dancing with some of the best instructors, DJs, and dancers around, including Jordan and Tatiana, Ben and Victoria, Kyle and Sarah, Benji Schwimmer, and yours truly. Competitions include Jack and Jill, Strictly Swing, Rising Star, Classic, and Showcase. And you'll get to see special performances by Jordan and Tatiana and the JT Swing team. Early bird passes are available until March 31st and include Friday night's glow party, a Saturday night breakfast buffet, and a limited edition t-shirt. And our listeners can get $10 off a weekend pass by going to thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash COA. That's thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash COA as in City of Angels. Don't miss out on all the fun. Buy your passes today. And now on with the show. Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And today we're going to share with you another all things swing conversation. We're just going to share with you some thoughts we had and a longer conversation we had about a whole bunch of different topics. Hope you enjoy. Okay. Um, by the way, I had a really interesting experience this weekend. Tell me. So Saturday evening, I was done judging and there was like a break between comps because they were going straight to finals. And I saw some of my students um, sitting in the lobby. The lobby actually has a fireplace, <laughs> which during Is this the- in a hotel, by the way? Yeah. It was in a hotel okay. this year. But uh, yeah, it's funny because there's a fireplace in the lobby and like it's nice at night because it gets cold out there. But during the day, it was like 72 degrees and you oh, walk God. by the lobby and you're like, <laughs> like melting. Um, and like their indoor terrace has this water feature. So it's like being in a, like at the botanic Sauna. garden in the rainforest exhibit. Yeah. You're like, I expect monkeys to like swing by and try to pee on me. And, um, it really does smell like a tropic, a tropical botanic garden. Um, but anyway, so some of my students, like three or four of my students were sitting there. Um, ones that I work with more regularly. So I sat down with them. I said, how to go on comps, this and that. And I was like having a drink because I was done judging and just kind of sitting around. And somebody else came by and was making drinks. So he like offered everybody drinks. We're like, cool. And then other people kind of sat down. Next thing I know, there's like 20, 30 people. And we're sitting there for like three hours having a fireside chat about I saw the picture. all things dance. Um, to the point where Lauren started sending messages like, hey, can you send people to the ballroom, please? <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. That's um, And so like great. Michelle Crozier walked by and we were talking about community. And I said, Michelle, come join us. And she like sat and Shauna sat down and like Mackenzie was there. And um, yeah, um, everybody from like advanced all stars to brand new students. Nice. And we're all sitting and we talked about everything from like, what is swing to what has how do you navigate competition to what do you, what do you as newer students want to know? And that we, we as teachers and community organizers should be, should be giving you that we're not. Um, right. So it was just everything, you know, Mackenzie was like, how come kind of what uh, you and Brandy were talking about? Like, why have the other pros not, um, why have new champions not cracked into like that top 10 and, um, mm-hmm. the whole thing about scoring, like it was just everything and anything, oh, three boy. hours of talking. And there was actually a point like an hour in where somebody was like, 
this would be a great episode. I was like, I was thinking that we should record this for the Naked Truth because it's oh. exactly what we're trying to do. It's trying to foster right. discussion among people about everything mm-hmm. and anything. Just open, right. honest conversations. It helped that alcohol was flowing. Well, that always helps. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. People are like, what's going on? They're like, Eric's drinking and talking. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll say whatever you want. <laughs> sure. Really I mean, funny. I was like, they, um, we started talking about, you know, cause I was like, look, I don't make finals anymore. Like, or I rarely do. It just doesn't happen. And I thought actually, so when thinking about like what to talk about on the show today, I kind of want to wanted to use that conversation as a springboard to Great. mention it. And then we jump into that, but it was kind of all over the place. Um, but yeah, I started saying like, I don't make finals anymore. And you know, anymore how, or as often as often that's fair. Yeah. yeah um, right. It's true. I do make finals occasionally. Um, but, you know, the dance has changed. Um, you know, just basically, how do I live with that? Because, like, uh, uh, somebody was sitting and was like, well, don't you enter competitions to win, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. in it to win it. And it's like, yes, but not not just that. Right. Like, if I don't win, I can still win. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. I'm in there to whatever, show myself, present myself, put my dancing out there. Um, Perform, uh, right. have a good time. Show my students that I'm out there pushing myself. Um, <clears throat> like there's lots of different reasons why I compete and winning is not everything. Um, but yeah, I was drinking. I was just like, sucks. I don't to win. Like, <laughs> I would love to win. It'd be great. I'd love to at least place. Um, but yeah, it, it was a really kind of surreal experience. Well, I'm sure. Did you solve anything? Um, I don't think we solved anything, but mm-hmm. we definitely touched upon areas where, um, where, and Michelle was good about this too, about like asking questions of people of where we can provide more support to people in their journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great that out of that conversation, like there's a thread started now about like, Hey, we'd love to organize more of these. Um, Lauren saw us at the fireside chat and she was standing with Sean and Courtney and they were like, this is amazing. And how can we like make this happen? Yeah. How do we wrap it into the event? Um, because so much learning, you know, happens outside the classroom. Um, these kind of, and we were talking about how, um, there's so much sort of institutional knowledge that Mm -hmm. it sits in the heads of experienced professionals or community leaders that doesn't get passed on. Um, and this well, it doesn't get passed on often enough. Right, right, right. Well, I think what's good about this fireside chat too, is that it propagates, you know, connection yeah. off the dance floor, which is great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And a lot of people came away feeling like as one of the people in the thread said, you know, I just had like this experience along with a couple of others over the weekend just made me feel more a part of the community. Right. I think I that's to great. Know people on a different level. Um, I think that's awesome. So it, it was really cool. I mean, there's some things I talked about that you and I have talked about of, you know, um, scoring and different Mm -hmm. ways of doing scoring or assessments. Um, I had a conversation by the way, of somebody from Saskatchewan. He's running a Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Canada, Canada. Canada. Um, and he, I was, he was giving me feedback. He said, I love the show. This and that we were talking as uh, community organizers for a bit. And he said, you know, can I suggest a few ideas for the show? I said, absolutely. And he said, one of the things that he was interested in hearing more about um, 
and I, I like his distinction, is the difference between judging and adjudication, where he distinguished judging as doing the scoring and assessments and placements and all that. But adjudication is when you judge against a standard. And we like don't have a real standard for what we expect to see in novice or intermediate or advanced. That's a yes and no. Relative to who's there. Right. I'm not uh, saying we should have a standard, but I think it's an interesting idea to talk about if we did, what would that look like? Because it can't be so specific that it limits the dance Right. Right. Where we, where we turn it to ballroom and it's like, this is a yes and that's a no. We mm-hmm. still want to capture the, the variability of our street. Essence dance. of the dance. Yeah. yeah. But could you talk about like, where is there a line there? And I think there is a line. Like in my head, I think, I think most judges would agree that in novice, they expect to see certain elements, mm-hmm. but there's flexibility in how they prioritize those elements. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, it's just one way of thinking about it, of how you could move to adjudication from just what we do now. (laughs) I know (laughs) such a can of worms. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just think it's a really interesting topic though, of because I'm working for mission city swing on developing competency models so that people and fundamentals know what we're expecting to see from them before they're ready for intermediate. And Mm -hmm. as teachers. So when somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, can I jump into intermediate? Because I'm starting to train more teachers to bring on board. If somebody came up to one of my staff and said, Hey, can I jump into intermediate? I want us all to agree that like the, they belong in intermediate. Yeah. There are certain elements. And then same for like level three, you know, when are you ready for that? That, So I'd have a competency model of like, you should have this knowledge, these skills. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. That's um, good. So I think it's interesting to have that, but couldn't we also have that for novice intermediate in advance? Um, without, without it being like an aesthetic thing or it's just more of like, I think we all agree that in novice, we want to see like good solid swing dancing. I don't expect you to pull a rabbit out of your ass if you can't triple. And if you can't anchor, I want to see good, solid, you know, basic swing dancing. I don't want to see it. Right. I don't want to see any of that craziness. Here's the problem. I find what's happened in the last, I don't know how many years, but You know, novice is doing so many things that they shouldn't be doing right. at, at their level that it makes it hard for them to master the foundation of this yeah. dance so that when they progress in this dance, they look like they've worked on the things that are important. Um, so when I watch novice, I get really frustrated uh, with them because and I'm not that I'm not saying that novice dancers can't be musical because and and all that stuff. I'm saying that I'm saying that I feel like you, you know, being musical and having, you know, poor posture, poor technique just takes away from the beauty of being musical. Right. Um, I think it's great that you hear music, uh, well, but I do feel that, you know, technique is a little, there's an importance to it. It makes you move, you know, more efficiently and makes you move, you know, better. I, and I know that there's that saying, which I'm, I'm not always a fan of. <laughs> I would rather watch someone with passion in the dance than watch someone who's got perfect technique. Right. Right. And I, I hate that saying because I feel like I, I don't want just one. I want both of them together. Right. You should be able to have both of them together. 
Yes. If you're passionate about the dance and passionate about music, you should be passionate about having good technique. Yes. The technique is what allows you to express your artistry. Exactly. Beautifully. It allows you to express your artistry or express your, let's say, um, athleticism. Sure. Whatever it is. Beautifully. Because if we talk about anything, not just West Coast Swing, but anything that's athletic or artistic, Mm -hmm. it requires a specific type of technique to make that artist artistry be amazing and beautiful. Right. I mean, if a painter didn't know how to use their brushes or how to work with their medium, you wouldn't get beautiful paintings, period. Correct. You just don't. uh, And and stylistically, are there different types of artists? Absolutely. Different ways of using the brush and different ways of using the medium. Which allows them to create their style because Mm -hmm. they use it differently. But there's no doubt that they all learned a technique to become good painters. And it's the same thing with writing. If you're not good with words... You are right. not going to create beautiful pieces right. of literature. <laughs> Correct. Um, so, I mean, even Dr. Seuss, right? Very simple rhyming. Like, it's not elaborate. It's uh, not what we would consider, like, high literature per se. But no, he but... created an art form. And Correct. he was really good at it because he knew right. what he was doing with the words mm-hmm. that he had. Yeah. And he let, he made, he created a, a way of people connecting with reading because not, not everyone right. likes to read. And he yes. made a, a way of making it enjoyable to read. Right. Because and it had a, it had a flow and a musicality about it. Yes. There was a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And you and I talk about how art should evoke and provoke emotion. Emotion. Correct. Right. And it's mm-hmm. going to be hard for you to um, evoke your emotions if it's mm-hmm. not clear, if you don't know your, your technique that allows you to express yourself. And... Mm-hmm. If you can't express yourself, you don't want the emotion that you provoke to be confusion. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> or like <laughs> unintentional, like revulsion. <laughs> right. <laughs> revulsion. <laughs> I actually, so I was judging um, some of the comps this weekend. And I remember writing on my notes at one point, I, like while I'm watching, I'm mm-hmm. writing on the board. So it was kind of scribbled. But I wrote, mm-hmm. what is he doing? Question mm-hmm. mark. Like that should not be the reaction. <laughs> No, sometimes I have reactions where I write yikes. Yep, I've done that. I've written you exclamation know? points. And, and, and again, these these comments are are meant to be left on the piece of paper, not right. to be, be delayed to uh, the student. It's just it's just how we how we write down what we're feeling at that yeah, moment. The reaction right. is important. Yes, totally. Like you could say, "Oh, amazing," or "Yikes" means two different things. Right. And <laughs> yeah. the other thing too that a lot of people, I think. You know, we talk about judging criteria, and so I think a lot of people think it's very systematic, a review. And while there is specific diagnosis of certain things, there is a lot to gut reaction of, like, and I tell my students to do this. I'm subjective. like, watch a, Yeah, well, subjective, but also instinctual in that I say, watch, watch a couple. And if mm-hmm. the first thing you think is something's off, something's probably off. For right? the most if part, the first thing sorry. you think is like, oh, that's beautiful, mm-hmm. there's probably a lot going right. And mm-hmm. we as judges know what should look right and what shouldn't. And so our, our gut reaction, um, uh, emotionally, but also kind of aesthetically, is right. important. So right. if I look and I'm like, cool partnership, but that looks awkward. I have, right. now have to look, okay, is the awkwardness just their style? And that's mm-hmm. like what they're conveying? Or is it because something is technically off or missing? Right. Um, so yeah, those gut reactions. So like when I say, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 
then I look at my follower, uh, the follower who's dancing and say, is the follower just as confused as I am? Like, is this right. a partnership issue or is this a choreography? And the dude's just feeling the music in a way that I'm not hearing it. Right. So it helps you to dig deeper. Um, well, I think it's, I think <clears throat> also uh, it's important to understand if you can um, diagnose yourself, like how you feel about things or what's going on in your life or what, what I can do to improve myself as a human because you have the right tools, then for the most part, you'll be a good judge because you can look within and look at yourself. Right. I feel like people that aren't really great judges are ones that haven't figured out who they are or don't want to look at who they are and they sure. like to, you know what I mean? So for yes. me, this is why I, I'm, I'm a very um, fair uh, judge. It doesn't matter if you've pissed me off or you haven't been nice to me <laughs> right. or... Or any, none of that matters. What matters is what you do at that moment, and and that, at that t- you know time uh, frame. Right. I will reward you for exactly what I think that you should get for no personal reasons, but except for the reason that you deserve it. That's yes. it. I had the experience this weekend. I don't get to judge at big events uh, very often anymore, and so I had the experience this weekend of of actively turning off my bias. Like I saw somebody and my first reaction was kind of like, "Oh, here we go," and then I was like, "Wait, Eric, you just said, oh, here we go." Like. You have to turn that off and just watch what's happening now with this person. That's and then right. I did. And I placed them where I thought they belong, like on the same criteria as everybody else. Um, I think a lot of judges, though, will just be like, oh, well, it's this person. And they automatically, yeah. that, that becomes part of their scoring. Oh, no, absolutely. And, I, you know, we have a lot of outliers in the dance community right. as judges. And, and they're consistent about being an outlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to what you were saying before about having the technique for the art. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes I agree with you. I want to see both. I want to see the technique be the tools by which you express the art. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we sometimes do have to make that call. But Right. I agree. Um, when, because we don't collectively, not to say there aren't individuals, because you and Brandy and other you know top professionals do value the good swing basics. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like because we don't, value those enough at the lower levels, we Mm -hmm. get the shit shows at the higher levels. Like, why is it that there are so many advanced dancers who are not better at adapting to their partners? Because Mm -hmm. adapting to your partner requires a mastery of your own connection and body movement. Mm -hmm. They should have that by the time they get to the advanced level. Yep. And certainly all star to Mm -hmm. the point where, okay, maybe there are glitches because you're both artistically expressing one another, but I Mm -hmm. shouldn't be seeing the, the disconnects um, the glitches in the connection right. that we have, the, the imbalance to, to such an extent. Um, right. You know, I tell my students, like, there's no perfect dance. There's always glitches if you're both trying to express and you're both talking. Sure. And having, conversations are not perfect things, but it shouldn't be, t- I feel like it shouldn't be to that extent at that level. Right. I think that's the, I think the difference is, is like, because like, champions have glitches too. Right. But, like, but, but I always say, even our worst dance is better than an all-stars like good dance oh, sometimes absolutely. you know such a huge uh, so gap. That, right there's <laughs> a there's a big huge uh gap and and, and i think too you know the, the champions like we still work on our dancing all the time when we're teaching when we're competing when we're social dancing you might not see us you might not think we are but we are right yeah yeah um the other thing about the the skill and technique so i taught three workshops this weekend one on musicality and phrase changes 
one on solo drills, which was fun to do because they don't get to do that at events very often. Um, and the other on connection. My deal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one on connection and adjusting your connection. And so many people don't have the tools, the mastery of their own movement and frame right. to adjust to partners. And yet, forget competition. When we're talking mm-hmm. social dancing, um, mm-hmm. and I, I deliberately said this in the workshop, like even in this rotation, every person you rotate with is going to feel different, right? Yep. We're, we're all different people. We connect differently. Our bodies are different. Yeah. Um, and, and being such a good social dancer, if you want to be a good social dancer, you have to be able to adapt to a lot of different people. And you and I At have a talked moment's about notice. This. Right. And you and I have talked about this, like not only adapting to that partner, but oftentimes bringing them up. Right. 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 Elevating that partner. Yes. Um, but it's a we thing. And mm-hmm. the challenge of the, of what competition is driving is I think in some ways detracting from people's the ability to be yeah well the we thing but also people's ability to be good social dancers so if we look at like what social dancing is about it's about <clears> being <throat> able to have a good time and create with everybody and anybody right right i should be able to dance with a total random stranger to a song i've never heard and have fun and and create something with them right um that's the heart of our dance that's the essence of it and jack and jills were designed to showcase that ability yes right Mm-hmm. Um, and even strictly swing, because even though you know your partner, you still need to create with somebody of to course. a song you, you don't know and you haven't choreographed right. to. Um, Amen. And that's the essence of the dance. And it strikes me that doing these workshops where people don't understand the fundamentals of how to connect. Why do you think that is considering, I know for a fact, that a lot of us top professionals, we talk about this a lot in our classes. Absolutely. We hit on it almost, you know, every other weekend we'll make a point to talk about this. So what, what do you think is happening that it's not sinking in? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's a combination of things and I'm just going to riff here on different thoughts. Yeah. So one is being able to prioritize. So it's not to say that people don't prioritize connecting. I think they do. I think everybody wants to connect with somebody. I think everybody wants to, um, <laughs> to use the phrase that I use at mission city swing to be the person that everybody wants to dance with. Like we all want to be that person and we all want to have better dances. Um, however, I can't tell you how many people come up to me, especially newer students who say, I really want to know as a leader, I really want to know more moves because I don't mm-hmm. want to bore my partner. I hear that all the time too. Right? Or followers say, I want to be able to do more styling because I don't want to bore my partner. And when or I, get I want those... to create more things. Sure. But a right. lot of times they do it because they, they're, they're worried that their partner is not going to enjoy dancing with them, which is great in the sense that they're concerned what their partner, you know, what their partner's experience is. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that they're thinking of the partnership. And yet when that comes up in class and I mm-hmm. ask all of the followers, which would you rather have? A boring, right. like a basic connected dance right. or a complicated, but not connected dance. Mm-hmm. Every follower will say the same thing. We want the simple connected dance right? because that, uh, that allows them to play. <clears throat> and then if you ask all of the leaders, which would you rather have a follower who just follows or a follower who's doing all this stuff, but isn't connected. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course we all just want the person who's following. Well, then so... what the hell's going on? If they both <laughs> want this, um, it's what's happening. I think a lot of it is the, the 
uh, self-talk. I think it's our self-criticism or awareness. Um, is it that? Or is it the inability to to give up control and recognize that you have to work together? And it's not, it's not, not, this dance doesn't rely on just one of you. It relies on both of us. I think, I think that's a good point. I think a lot of us feel, I know as a leader, I know the mentality of feeling like you are responsible for the dance, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we are the principal choreographers. Um, I get that. We're responsible for floor craft. We're responsible for setting up musical moments. Um, You know, we're the frame. She's the picture. So I need to be a good frame. Um, So I understand that concern um, of wanting to create that. And I think as followers, the pressure is watching amazing followers like yourself or any of your peers who create these beautiful moments within what the leader's doing and wanting and thinking that that is um, expected of everybody at every level. Yeah. But I think what what people are missing, they're missing. That's, that's why that YouTube drives me crazy. They're missing the reason why the champions have the ability followers and leaders to create moments like that. It's not, it's not because a follower completely yanks on a leader and takes over and starts screaming at him with her dance and (laughs) vice versa. It's because we we have the communication skills uh, and the respect for each other and the trust for each other to allow these things to happen. And I think in the lower levels, there's a lack of respect and trust, um, which why it's hard for things to happen. Sure. And I think what right? you said too, about the, the we mentality, I remind my students, um, it, it takes two to succeed in this dance. Yeah. It also mm-hmm. takes two to fail. <laughs> like, Agreed. right. Like if we, we go down, we go down together. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah, it takes two to succeed. And, and a lot of what I was teaching in the connection and adapting to your partner is, or in the solo drills class, um, you know, I tell my followers all the time, I'm like, yes, you will dance with leaders who are going to be off time. Like crap mm-hmm. happens. It's going to happen. Um, but it's but a help them get back. Right. Yeah. This is a, it's not like, oh, well, he's off time. This sucks. Like yeah, you have a say, <laughs> right. Yeah. You have a part in this. And if you can yeah. keep your timing and you can communicate that timing back to your leader, you can help your leader get back on time. It's a partnership. If I was like in a business with somebody and the business was failing, and I was like the CFO and they were the CEO. And I don't be like, mm-hmm. well, you're the CEO. Good luck. Well, <laughs> like, here's the flip side of that. <laughs> the flip side is we have those followers who will indicate to the leader, hey, I'm trying to help you. And the leader doesn't like it because right. he's got this e- massive ego. Sure. Right. Or so not paying fights. attention or. Right. Because right. of his ego. He's like, he can't get out this? of his own way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Which is, again, a respect thing. Because mm-hmm. that's com- being completely disrespectful to the follower. Because honestly, I don't really know any follower that wants to like take over the whole dance. That's a lot of work. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. Like who wants that? I love following because I'm not in charge of everything. <laughs> right. And I, I love following too because I want to see how well I can I can um, pay attention to my follower and do exactly what he wants me to do. Right. That takes a skill. Yeah. And a and, and a level of of intention. Yes. Let me ask you on that, because this is something that, well, we talked a little bit about in one of our other episodes, I think, oh, on leading and following, where I said, I don't see a lot of people, some people do, but I just don't see a lot of it. Um, When we work with followers, we tend to teach followers how to dance and style within what the leader gives. I don't know that we always do enough um, 
to teach followers how to communicate back to the leader. Like hang on a minute? Like I'm hang on a minute or, or to do a partnered musicality thing. Um, so at a right. minimum to say, give me a moment and at a maximum say, let's do something together. Together. And so you're right. Like followers need to know how to send that signal back to the leader of mm -hmm. here's the beat or here's what I'm dancing or let's do this together. I'm curious what you do as a follower um, or well, rather I as an instructor to teach people how teach followers how to send that right. signal back to their leader. Well, I talked about, I, I don't know if you were in my workshop at Rose City Swing. Not um, at Rose City. So not a city early, for the all-stars yeah. right so i oh that's, and the all-stars i did uh, right and i talked about it briefly yes. i said um so the thing the thing that i do first and foremost is if i want to do something I, I make sure that i have eye, eye contact first right Robert and then talks about that too eye contact and, and body language right and then and then i'll increase my connection to let him know hey i want to do something right right or or i'll make eye contact and I'll do the Mario and I'll, my, my hand that's holding <laughs> on to the leader, I'll tap on, on the leader, like tap, tap, tap. Yeah. I want to do something. So that, that's how, you know, that's how I do it. I, I never, I rarely, I mean, I don't think I've ever like just gone into a split right. without, without me giving the leader some kind of either visual or physical, um, or both, cue or both right. to let him know, Hey, you know, I'm about to do something. Now there's the flip side of this. There are times when I've done this and the leader completely ignores me. Sure. And again, like it, there, there's at no point at when I'm dancing, do I ever want to ignore, there's nothing that makes me want to ignore my leader. Right. So I'm not sure what it is about leaders that want to ignore their follower and like take, take them on, you know, go on the journey while leaving them at the train station. Right. I, I, I'm not sure what that is. Um, I'm sure there's a big cultural conversation to be had about that, <laughs> about like masculinity. Um, uh, I think that's, I do think that's part of it. Um, okay. And, you know, we, we've talked about this, how there's, there are certain pockets of the country where like the expectation is leaders lead and followers follow. And that's, and I'm okay with that. Okay. And that's, that's it. Um, whereas mm -hmm. other places it's more like the, it's a, mixture right so there's like percentages it's of leading work. everywhere right. from like 51 percent to 100 percent <laughs> right 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 leading. right um so i think part of it is the expectation of what our roles are going into the dance and well so, so then leader, i have a question go, yeah. pick, pick me pick me you you, you. yes miss zake yes so isn't it isn't it part of life to um when you're meeting a new person or talking to someone to assess the situation and learn how you can deliver a conversation with somebody. What, what, can I use big words or not? Can I be verbose and pedantic and loquacious? Right. Or do I have to dumb my things down? So to me, dancing, like I say, it's a, it's a series of adjustments. So right. if I go into a community, I can outside looking in, I can see that this community is the leader leads and the follower follows. And I'm like, okay, then I adapt and I adjust. Right. Sure. And then this community, oh, it's the, the it's a culmination. They, they, you know, they work together, yada, yada. I feel like we we're in a, in a, in a, um, uh, a society right now where we, we don't, we're not agreeable. We don't adapt to one another. Everyone wants to be right. And I feel like we can all be right. It's just how we deliver our needs and what we want. Sure. Or, or am I wrong? Um, I think you're right. I think there it's, it's complicated, right? Um, yes. because we come in and we, 
we go to assess, but we do that with all of our prior experience, mm-hmm. right? So we are the culmination of all of our different experiences that we've mm-hmm. had. So when you come in, uh, who is it? Isn't it? Um, it was so uh, usually Anais Nin gets credit or Ana, Ana Is In Nin, whatever. But it was actually an old rabbi who said that we see things not as they are, but as we are. Okay, right. Um, right. So I come in and I can do that assessment, right? It's the same thing with judging. It's the same thing with social dancing. We come into that situation with, with our own filters from everything that's happened before. So I, th- I think that's one aspect of it. Um, I agree with that. Uh, the other part of it is, and this was part of the conversation that we had over the weekend, is that um, for newer dancers anyway, who haven't mm-hmm. been socialized, and there there is a process of socialization, like there yes. is learning that needs to happen beyond the classroom to help people yes. be effective social dancers. Um, yes. Because it's, after all, social dancing. Um, yes. I think it can be challenging for them to read those cues. And I think a lot of newer dancers, I know I in recent years have shifted my teaching to directly tackle this mentality that people come into partner dancing. If they've never danced before, mm-hmm. most people come into partner dancing thinking the leader leads the follower follows. And when we talk about leading, we mean the leader physically moves the follower. And when we're talking Everywhere. about following the right and the follower is physically moved. <laughs> right, right, right. And so I work hard to tell my leaders, like this is a misconception. Yeah, yeah. Leaders move themselves to tell the followers what they want and the followers move themselves in response. Like that's the right. essence of lead follow. Um, but anyway, I'm just saying all this because I think we come in with preconceived notions and, um, and prior experiences and, and perceptions that, that I agree with you in an ideal world. We go in and we kind of get a sense of what's going on by observing and assessing. Um, mm-hmm. One, not everybody's as good at that. And two, not everybody's as prepared for that. And three, some people are just biased by, what they already have in their own head, which is human. We're all human. No, so I agree with you. I think in an ideal world for you as a dancer, I think this is where, you know, if you have the skills to adapt to your partner, you can test the waters. So Mm -hmm. if you try to communicate to your leader and they're not paying attention, some followers just say like, Oh, well that's it. I give up. I'm like, no, no, no. Try like one or two more times. Be a little clearer. Give them more time. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. it is, any, anybody who's learned to lead and followers say this all the time when they learn to lead, they're like, that was hard. Cause like, it's a lot of brain space. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we're thinking a lot about what we're doing <laughs> and while we're doing it, by the way, we have to set up what's coming next. And, and by the and way, stay on time and stay yeah, on yeah. time and make sure that like there's room for it and nobody's bumping right. into you. It, it's right. a, it's lot. a lot. Um, yeah. so yeah. sometimes the leader's just kind of in his or her own head and you send the signal and it kind of gets lost in the noise. So I'm like, try again, right? But if you try like three or four times and your leader starts not only not responding, but like responding in a like shutting you down kind of way, maybe you're not in a, maybe you're not in a culture where that's the way it's accepted, like that community, or maybe it's just that individual. Maybe it's a character flaw. Sure. I wouldn't say it's a character flaw. I would. I would say that's probably how we communicate in general. I think that's what we call fundamental attribution error. Okay. You, you're, you're entitled to think that, but I, I have a philosophy of, um, I can, I can tell someone's personality, like how, the, how they communicate off the dance floor, the way they communicate on the dance floor. I think it's kind of the same. They, they, they kind of intertwine. Are there exceptions to the rule? For sure. Like if she tried three times with this person, I'm sure she's tried three times in three different ways. I mean, 
and three times he shut her down. Well, why? I, I mean, you got three three chances, both of you, to get yes. to get to make to make it happen. But I think it's unfair to assume that that's something wrong with who he is as a human being, as opposed to context. But isn't dancing communicating? He may be a great conversationalist, but he thinks that dancing is I'm leading, you're following. Maybe what she did was interrupting except, what he was in the middle of doing. But except everyone that's been taking West Coast Swing since the beginning of time are, are, are told that dancing is just like having a conversation. I don't know any professional that doesn't say that. They True. all say that. I just think it's just it's like having, like having a conversation. Yeah. Okay. I just, I don't like, uh, I, I'm not comfortable assigning something wrong with somebody's character based on a particular okay, situation. Politically correct. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fundamental attribution error says that when we see somebody do something, when something good happens to somebody, we say it was external circumstances. When something bad happens to somebody, we blame their character. I think it's both. I think they're both external and internal. I'm not saying when something good happens to someone, I don't think it's just external. I think it's also internal. I, be, I believe what you, what you put out is what you get. Sure. So if you put out, right. So I, be, so it, I think it's a, a combination of both for both situations, whether okay. good or bad. Sure. I'm not saying it's one or the other. Um, Sure. I'm just going to tell you from, I'm going to tell you from personal experience. There are some people uh, in the dance community, not professionals who I have trouble dancing with them on the dance floor Mm -hmm. because they are control freak. They don't pay attention. They're rude on the dance floor. And when I'm off the dance floor with them and I'm trying to have a conversation with them, it's the same way. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm not saying that's not a reality. I just don't assume that that's the reality. No, I, I get you. I'm saying that to me that it, more often than not, it ends up being that way. Okay. Um, but so if I made it sound like I was generalizing, I, I apologize. Because, <laughs> um, um, yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes that is the case. Um, but anyway, this gets back to the question then of, as a follower, do we do enough to show them how to communicate back? Um, and not just show them, but do it in, in a class with leaders where leaders now know, oh, by the way, this is a signal. So Here's I'm what like, I'm say. what's that? Here's what I'm going to say, because I know Go what you're going to say. <laughs> I feel, I feel single female instructors that don't travel with a male convey that often. Mm-hmm. Couples that travel, for, the male does a lot of the talking in class. So the male doesn't convey that and the follower needs to speak up more and, and use her ability to know her part so well and say, Hey followers, if you need to da da da, let's do this. You should do this to the leaders. Not that they don't do it. Right. I just feel it's that they enough. don't, I don't think that they do it often. Right. Let me just tell you something about my, my followers that are my peers uh, that have uh, partners or don't have partners. They're all goddamn amazing. Yes, they are. They're all goddamn amazing, which is why they are where they're at. And and I feel that the followers don't have voices enough. Like Brandy put up, made a very good point. Um, she had a, I guess she had a workshop at Mad Jam. Yes. And someone brought up to her that we need to, ch- we need to change um, our rhetoric. Like when we see a really good dance on YouTube, they'll say, hey, did you see Benji's dance? Right. They won't say Benji and so-and-so, or they'll never say, did you see 
Deborah Seke's dance, they always mention the leader right. first. I, I think post, it, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have to change our verbiage. Which is funny, by the way, because I was reflecting on my own. And you're not like that. I was going to say, I don't think, I feel no, like I watch a lot of dance where I'm like, do you see that dance where Tatiana did blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Or did you see that dance with Brandy where she did yes. the thing and the. You like, empower women. You well, do. And, I, and I'm not saying that. Right, right. And I'm not saying, you know, these leaders are doing it intentionally or anything like that. It's just, we've been so programmed to operate and have verbiage in this way for such a long time that it's hard, you know, to change. Like, like, you know, I remember when it would be, you know, gentlemen, thank you, partners, you know, right. or late, late and, and now it's leaders and followers. It took me a while right. to get used to that. And now, now I say, you know, leaders and followers, I don't say, you know, women and men or girls right, and right. boys or right. All that. So why can't the, you know, men or, or people in general, you know, recognize that we need to change our verbiage a little bit. Yes. It's the so, same thing you said too. um, this was a few weeks ago about how we put the leader's name first. Right. And I, I learned, um, growing up and I don't know if it's a European thing, but women's name always comes first. And when walking out onto the dance floor, follower is always facing audience. It's the, you represent the follower when you walk onto the dance floor all the time, Hmm. never represent the leader. And you'll see the champions. They'll do that. They'll, they'll put the follower in front so that the follower is facing you know, the audience, but that's right. part that like, I learned that growing up because my parents are European. Right. Right. So I don't know if that's a European thing and I don't, and maybe it should be a, a, a general thing and an etiquette thing. I mean, women are important. Yes. You know, we, we're not that men aren't, men are freaking important too. Right. The difference is, is that we recognize that men are important and men kind of make it hard for us to feel important. And so when we, oh, when we show, or when we ask, or when we say, we are important. They take it. They take it as us being a bitch or being a control freak or right. you know. And that's not that's not okay. Yeah, I of so part of the reason that I am who I am. A big reason is one. I had two older sisters. Right. <laughs> they were seven and nine years older, and in many ways they raised me. <laughs> um, and two, I. Uh, like any little boy, had all my little boyfriends and then not boyfriends, but you know what I mean? We were all like little boys boys. and hanging out. And then in like middle school, all the boys got mean and they were all doing sports and I was more into arts and sciences. And so when all of those boys started acting mean to me because I didn't play sports, you know who took me in and was nice to me? All the girls. Right, right. And so most of my friends were women um, because they were the ones who didn't treat me like crap. Uh, nurturers um well you know until later on but <laughs> sometimes the, the, i deserve it sometimes i do but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but i learned from that experience right, um right, right. but uh so i grew up with the idea that yeah women are equal and yeah women are like i i guess i just never i never had much exposure to the other idea and mm-hmm. i was proud to be a feminist because to me feminism is saying that men and women are equitable, right? Of Equi- equal value. Right, equitable and and so equal or to me equals different because it, like right. you can't comp- physically not we're not equal. Right, you're not the same thing. You have yeah, equal value. Yeah, I don't value. care what anybody says. Physically, we're not equal. Right. We don't move the same. We're not. We don't have the same strength. Men have a higher center of gravity. Women have a lower center of gravity. Right. Men have more muscular, you know, Upper mass body. than yeah. women do. But are we both equitable? 
Yes. Yes. Um, To me, where it borders into sexism. So sexism, we usually talk about men to women, where men say they are better than or more dominant than or whatever than women. Um, Sexism can go the other way when women, I don't like, so I'm a feminist, 100%. I will support every woman um, who says that they are of equal value to men. I do not support women who say that women are better than men or who bash men. Like that doesn't, that's, that to me is not productive. And so when we talk about our dance community, you're right. Some men, um, well, in general, not just in our dance community, but a lot of men will take feminism as sexism. Like they take it as an, but it's not the same, but it's not. And in our dance world, we have the opportunity. We have our own subculture. We have the Mm -hmm. opportunity, um, kind of what Brandy and the others were saying to shift the culture where to create a space within this crazy world of, of all the Chazerai that's happening out there. I can't believe I just used a Yiddish word on the show, but um, (laughs) of all the craziness out there to create a space where women are respected and put on equal footing. Appreciated would be good. Yes. Yeah. Valued. Valued. A lot of value that, women offer and it's just it's like you said we're not equal the roles are not equal right mm-hmm. so we talked about this in leading and following leaders and followers are not equal they have different roles but they're both mm-hmm. of equal value um we can both do the role we could both teach the role for sure right and so this mm-hmm. gets back to the whole idea of of social dancing or competition of women learning how to speak up and i agree with you i think absolutely there are women professionals and I haven't heard any male professionals, not a lot mm-hmm. anyway, but I'm sure there are some, cause I do it, who mm-hmm. teach followers how to communicate back to their leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that it's not enough. And I think mm-hmm. it's an interesting observation that female professionals in partnerships, I would agree one don't do the majority of the talking. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, I will give a shout out to John Kirkconnell and Alyssa Glanville because I have seen John step back and let Alyssa take the lead in workshops. Um, not to say that others haven't done it, but right. in You've particular, I think he's really gracious and um, mm-hmm. generous ab- about that. Um, right. About letting her shine. Um, but anyway, uh, I also feel like when partnerships teach, they show the follower I don't know how to say this right. Cause I feel like they show the follower how to do something within what the leader's giving. I don't know that they show how, like how to create connection in the hands mm-hmm. to signal it. Right. So like I had uh, in the workshop I did this weekend, um, I was trying to show followers how to send a signal back mm-hmm. to their leader. Um, mm-hmm. And I did this in our critique session too, the intermediate critique session um, about how to send that. Hey, hang on a second signal like mm-hmm. I need space or I'm not done and what it feels like in the hand. So I had both partners do it because we as leaders use it mm-hmm. often when we're doing like an active lead. If I want to put you somewhere, I'm going to send that signal. Um, and I had women being like, okay, but like, how do I use this? And when do I use this? Do I do it before I'm doing it or after? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that, that was my reaction too of like, wow, like we really don't talk about this enough or it's not sinking in. And one or the other, we have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I talk to the followers and say like, well, let me ask you, how do you want leaders to communicate to you? Right. Right. You don't want me randomly sending you signals. You want it to be intentional. You want it to be just before you do it, not after. (laughs) Right. You want me to do it with my body, not my arm. Right. So 
but talking about um, preparing and, and giving followers or, or giving them more opportunities in learning environments to apply and develop those skills. Um, mm-hmm. This came up as kind of a separate topic, but related in talking about my own teaching here at Mission City Swing, because I am a leader. And of right. course, I'm, I'm biased by that, just by my own experience. Mm-hmm. And making sure that we give equal time to leaders and followers. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's not about giving more content per se, but mm-hmm. helping followers get more time to develop their skills in class. I think right. we spend a lot of time um, showing leaders what to do and then followers how to like fit within that. Right. Um, but that means that we're spending at least probably like the majority, if not two thirds or three quarters of the time on leaders. Right. And do we spend equal time on followers of how to go through that? Okay. The leader, maybe the leader isn't leading it right yet. How can you adapt to it? How do you adjust? How do you help the leader to get back Mm -hmm. to what we were talking about before? How do we develop more, uh, more of the skills of the followers so that we can have that balanced partnership so that when followers do want to step in to support the partnership, they can get the leader on board faster. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And again, I think like, again, we're in a catch 22. It's like we have followers that have that skill set, and we have the leaders that just don't want to like listen or be present for it. So, so we have a lot of things that are, that's true. I mean, look, we have followers who don't want to communicate, like, oh my God, check I know. out like, or I, they do their own thing. Jesus so it goes Christ, both I ways. I watch followers <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, girl, calm down, slow down, <laughs> stop screaming at them. Like, I, right. like I'm saying it in my head or I'm writing it on, you know, my piece of paper. And uh, let me tell you something. I, I want these all stars to be damn amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for them every time I'm sitting in that judging chair. But sometimes they piss me the freak <laughs> off. I get so mad at them. I'm like, why are you doing this? Right. Like, this is not about you. It's about the two of you. Come on. Right. Work together, people. So I don't know. And it's not like I don't talk about it in all-star workshops. Because I feel like a lot of my all-star workshops really consist of following, leading, communicating. Partnership. Partnership. And and technical aspects of how I use my feet and my body and all that stuff. I rarely talk about patterns and I – Right. And, and, and how I approach musicality is different than how other instructors approach it. You know, Mm -hmm. I, 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 right. So it's not like they're not getting the information. Right. So, so, ah, so I I sit in the chair and I'm like, "Ah, stick a nice pick in my eye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting too, because, um, you know, part of it, I think, again, is sort of competing interests and, and our own, you know, we hear different sure. things for different people. But I, as we're having this conversation, I am reflecting on that aspect of learning. Like, why isn't this sinking in? You do talk about it. Um, you talk about it at your general, you know, general workshops. Like, you're yeah. not, it's not just advanced all-star where you're talking about partnership. Hey, that's true. Um, your intensive at Capital City was fantastic and, and showing how followers need to do their role and communicate when they're done right. and that they've finished and all of that. And I think right. at a basic level, we, we, we as a community or we as instructors do a, do better on teaching followers how to finish things and, and communicate Correct. that to the leader. Right. But I wonder if we spent, if every instructor made a conscious choice to spend mm-hmm. half their time teaching leaders and half teaching followers. Mm. Oh, yeah. I wonder what that would happen. And I happen. don't mean like the first half leaders and the second half followers. No, of course not. Although sometimes, 50, 50. sometimes maybe you show the leader a pattern and then you, you spend, or a technique, 
And then you spend the second half showing followers how to adapt to that. Yeah, like right. No. Leaders d- because I feel like part of our mindset is most of the leaders get the attention. And I wonder how much of that affects how we lead and follow. I would say 99.9% is affected. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think because we set, again, there's a lot of learning to be done out of the classroom, but most of our learning and our socialization is in the classroom. And that sets the tone of what leading and following is and the balance of the roles. And, and the other thing is if we spent more time showing followers how to communicate back to the leader in a learning environment, leaders would have more exposure to what those signals feel like. Right. Absolutely. So that when they get them, they're not like, what the, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. What am I doing? What's the, what totally. are you doing? Why yeah, aren't you no. following? <laughs> right? Like, they're like, no, that's actually a signal. Yeah. Hello, is this thing on? <laughs> like, Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I, so, I know, I so agree with that. It's so hard, though, because, again, I, I don't, I don't, it's not, I, I don't feel like that information isn't being given right. out to the masses. I You're just right. feel like it isn't being given enough and, right. and equal time, like you said, leader, yeah. follower. Um, so, and, and I think there has to be a conscious, you know, effort. You're right about, you know, we have to focus on both of them equally. I mean, I'm making that own effort here at MCS, but mm-hmm. I've been teaching for, I don't know how many years, like 12 years. Mm-hmm. And it's finally, somebody said to me, Hey, are you, how, how much time are we giving followers? What can we do to help followers develop more? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like I don't, I, I work hard on followers developing their following but um not putting more tools in their toolbox um yeah like but it was actually raised to me this was really interesting um and shout out to maggie moreno if she's listening to this because she was the one who who sparked the conversation um and really helped me think through it which is i spent a lot of time showing followers how to follow Mm-hmm. But the feedback I got from Maggie and a couple of others that I reached out to, and I reached out, by the way, to some female instructors who gave me good feedback, like Kim Sifter, Michelle Crozier. Um, I did. Told you what to yes, work on. Yes, that's right. Denver. I reached out to you. Because right. I said, like, what do you do to help followers develop? Because, again, mm-hmm. I'm biased as a leader. So, and I, I use that stuff now. So I use more, I do more exercises. But what was interesting to me is that it's not about more content per se. Right. It's about... um developing a better understanding of what it means to follow in practice. Right. So it's not that I have to go to my beginners and show them fancy tricks. No, I just need to give them more ways of, of understanding their role and what it feels like in a partnership and what it feels like in their bodies. Um, and so we do more exercises now in the fundamentals class right. for because followers. Dancing is memorizing a feeling. Absolutely. And right. so I had to, but I had to have that like come to Jesus moment where somebody right. said to me, could we do more? And the answer mm-hmm. is yes. And and mm-hmm. we probably should be doing more across the board. So like, if I think of a class where, um, you know, a workshop and they show you a technique and they spend maybe 10, 15 minutes on a technique, then they partner right. us up and have us, you know, leaders, they give the leaders some sort of pattern to lead to execute that technique. And then we mm-hmm. show the followers kind of how to dance their thing within. What if we also make sure that followers get equal time? Uh, of learning how thing. to convey that. Yeah. Communicating back to the leader and or adapting to the leader as 
different mm-hmm. lead. I mean, let's be honest, every leader is different mm-hmm. in a workshop. They don't all get it right away and mm-hmm. say like, okay, so followers, if you're with a leader and they're doing this, here's a way to adapt. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. Right. And getting leaders used to receiving that signal. Right. I, I feel like I kind of touched that in the Capitol and, and the Rose City thing where I basically said, you know, when there's a, when there's a change, when you know a change in music is, is coming, mm-hmm. both of you should have like your high alert. Right. Right. You should be on high alert. And, and when I say on high alert, meaning like, oh, this is what I'm going to do, like on high alert, like, am I connected with my partner right now just in case I want to do something mm-hmm. or he wants to do something? Right. That's where I think the disconnect happens. I think some something a brilliant is about to happen in the music or there's an escalation in the music. And instead of each of you being on high alert with each other, you're on high alert separately. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, that was actually the thing that I talked about with phrase changing um, in uh, the workshop this weekend. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on board, board with Robert Royston here in telling followers, please, 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 please don't do your slowing down and shaping right before the phrase change. Of course. <laughs> like, please let me I'm set a, that I'm up for you. But if the leader sets it up, and actually I did this in the critique session with the intermediates because the intermediate um, leaders, they wanted to work on phrase changing. I was like, great, let's, let's do that. Let's talk about setting it up. But I was like, you have to set it up and you have to have some sort of intention for when you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, but then I, again, making that conscious choice, I was like, let's talk to followers. Okay. Right. Your leader's not going to hit it every time. And even if he hits it, he may not have something in mind when he gets there. Mm-hmm. So what are the cues you can use to recognize? Um, right. And we had a good time laughing about like looking at his face because you'll see his face. Is yep. he looking at you like I've got an idea or is he inside his own head? Like I have no plan. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, you'll you'll exactly. see it on the leader's face. Right. It's either the cool we're going or, oh crap, I've got oh. nothing. Um, right. Or just no recognition of anything whatsoever. So you'll, you'll know. But then having the tools when you get there to say, okay, we landed. You didn't have anything, but I do for us. Right. I have something for us to yeah. do. And here's, here's what we're going to do. And hopefully you'll pick up on it. Right. Right. Um, I mean, that's when the genius happens, right? That's when the magic happens. Yes. That's when, that's when the audience goes nuts. Two people in the moment. We didn't see it because it was all in the hands, right. Mm -hmm. Or in the connection and they hit something together. And I, again, I feel like it all goes back to two words, respect (laughs) and trust. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Respect and trust. Yes. If you have that with each other, good things will happen. Right. And and we as instructors and, and you as like community leader, you do your part for sure. And a lot of your peers do of just. Mm-hmm. And every other influencer needs to reinforce it of of reinforcing the dynamic of leaders and followers of mm-hmm. communication and teaching people the skills to do that. Um, we, yeah, I, I feel like we, like you said, we teach these skills fairly often. It doesn't always sink in, which just means we need to do more to reinforce it. Or Mm -hmm. maybe we need to think of doing things differently. Maybe, maybe what we're doing is not working. I won't Um, accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Proof is in the pudding. So, um, but yeah, I mean, part of it too is, uh, Let's be honest. There are lots of different ways that teachers teach connection. There is, but here's the, here's the thing. 
The thing is, you should be an, a smart student. I tell everyone. <laughs> all instructors, as far as I'm concerned, all the top professionals have something to offer. You have to recognize what works for you and your body type, mm-hmm. right? And and learn when this technical aspect or styling aspect is good to use. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The mistake that students make is, well, so and and they love to throw other instructors under the bus too. Like so-and-so said this and thank God the professionals know how each other teaches. And we go, okay, first off, that's not what they said. They said this, you're misconstruing what they said, like, like almost trying to pit us up against each other. Right. I mean, God, Jesus, like, I love my peers. Why would you think that I'm going to say, no, they're, they're totally wrong. Right. No, no, I, I, I know why they're, they say this and I know why they do that. Now, can, is, it, is it easy for you to do? I don't know. You haven't done it long enough to, to say, I shouldn't be doing this, nor have you tried another technique to compare the two and say, which one is easier for me to attain with how my body works and moves. Right. That's it. I think there's also a failure to understand that if a teacher is teaching you something, it's because they believe it's of value. Right. (laughs) Right. Like I tell my students, I don't teach you things that you don't like, why would I waste my time and your time telling you things that don't matter? Um, That's not going to work. Right. I I, I do it because it works. Right. And even if it, even if it works for that pro and they're Mm -hmm. the only one who's telling you that there's a reason why it works and there's value um, in having that in your toolkit, because if it works for them, it's going to work with some other partner out there. Or, Um, or, or it may eventually work in time. Like, you know, it takes time to, 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 uh, master a technical aspect of anything. Yes. And it's that whole, like, when the student is ready, the master shall appear. Like, right. I, um, or student surpasses master. Right. In right? our uh, critique session this weekend, um, I was teaching with Cameron Crook and Kristen Parker, two people mm-hmm. whose dancing I love and have never yes. had the privilege of teaching with. So that was a lot right. of fun for me. Um, and during the Q&A, somebody asked, you know, how do you, how do you go about, like, learning and absorbing and working on all of this stuff. Like how did we do it in our dance journeys as, as mm-hmm. the teachers in the room? And Kristen said something that I echoed, which is there are lots of times in our dance journeys, we hear things and it doesn't click or make sense for months so, or even years later. Yep. Totally true. You're like, Oh, <laughs> you're like, Oh my God. Now I get it. Right. Yeah. Um, there's, I can't tell you how many times it's happened. The first time it really happened to me in a noticeable way. Um, Early on in my journey, Angel Figaro was like, you're not anchoring. You need to anchor. You need to anchor. I had no idea what that meant. (laughs) Like, honestly, like, and it's not, it's not that my teacher, like, it's not that my teachers before that hadn't taught me, but like it hadn't clicked yet. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it was six months later. I danced with, do you remember Georgie Newbold? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I don't, I sure she's somewhere out there. Um, she's brilliant. And yeah, she was this brilliant, uh, teenage Mm -hmm. dancer at that time. Um, and I danced with her and her anchor was like so solid that I was like, Oh, I got, I got an anchor. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, or I'm going to get pulled over by this little kid. Like she was so solid and she wasn't pulling on me. She was just so grounded. Um, and, and had such great stretch that 
again, to your point, you know, dance is knowing a feeling like my body right. knew that feeling. I had to react and suddenly it clicked. I was like, Oh, that's what angel meant. You know, um, but it took, I think it was six months later that I was like, oh yeah, that's what it is. But doesn't it feel good when you finally get it? Absolutely. Right. So, so I think the problem too is, is that like people, they want this instant gratification. They're like, so-and-so told me this. And I was like, well, how long have you been working on it? Well, the last three weeks I was like, are you out of your mind? (laughs) Like, there's no way. Right. I said, so we can't discredit that. I'm going to tell you what I do. Here's what works for me. Try to figure out you know, things of mine and things of that person and, and maybe make it your own. Like you could, could you could combine techniques. Sure. You know, adapt the- them to, to fit your style. Um, I like what you said about, you know, knowing when to use a tool because I encourage my students to have an understanding of what the dance is to them for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, either in terms of what you value or your style or whatever it is, your technique, whatever, like your, your baseline fundamentals are because right. when somebody offers you something, then you have a better sense of like, Oh, that goes here. <laughs> or right. That would benefit my basics here. Right. Like yeah, whether mean, it's your, a fundamental thing for you or whether it's a styling or adaptation option that you have in your toolkit. I feel like it's well toolkit. Cause I feel like it's common sense. Like if you have to put up a, like say it's uh, you know, a TV, uh, you know, those things that go on the wall the that hold screens. the TV. Yeah. Yeah, the fl- yeah. Put a fl- flat screen on the wall. Uh, you can't, you're not going to use regular nails to hold that. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> no, you're going to use screws. But first, you have, to, you have to nail in the screw first with the nail as, right. as deep as you can go so you can make the hole right. for that. Then you pull that screw out and use a drill or a screwdriver right. to put that screw in, right? Mm-hmm. You got to nail it in first, then screw it in. Whereas a nail, you just use a hammer and you're done. Right. Yeah, it's so, not a picture frame. <laughs> no, if I was doing a picture frame, then and if I, all I had was a screw, then I'd nail the screw in. Sure, but I still also have to find the studs in the wall, right? Exactly. Especially for the television, right? Yes, because then the TV's going to how come thick is your plaster and all of that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, Absolutely. to me, it's common sense, like just like knowing like your partner, like the leaders know, like what what is this follower good at? This 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 and that. What is this follower good at? This 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 and that. Well, uh, let me let me. Let me, let me, um, help her showcase that. Right. Yes. And this gets back to just having a good understanding of your own body and your own mechanics, your own connection so that you can use these different tools. I mean, I still, it still kind of blows my mind that people move up to the high levels without being able to adapt to partners. I'm like, how, how, that's the essence of our dance, social dancing, dancing with different partners. Mm-hmm. That should be like the most fundamental skill we develop is how to develop to other skill to other dancers, even above, quite frankly, like I'm so, if you have bent legs, but you can like adapt to your partner, that's a more valuable skill. Do I want you to have straight legs? Yes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But, um, right. For me, I believe that, you know, you know, we make adjustments and we, and we, we bend our legs for specific things. Right. But I, would I dance on a bent leg? No, I don't walk on bent legs. Right. Right. So again, for me, there are certain things that don't go against body mechanics for technical aspects of it. Styling, stylistically, well, yeah, I'll go against technical aspects to create a style or to adapt right. to someone or to make an adjustment. Yes. Yes. Right. But There's you know your own body. Right. I tell people was- um, partner dancing is about communication. Mm-hmm. Communication requires connection. Awareness. 
Yes. And connection requires movement. And movement is dependent on body mechanics. Mm -hmm. And awareness is required for learning and doing any of this. Right. Right. But I feel like people are, there's not, there's not a lot of, like I tell people, you know, you got to have your own body awareness, which is why, like I say, people that come from other dance forms that come into West Coast do so well because they have their own body awareness, which, you know, there are a, a few of us that talk about body awareness and, uh, West Coast swing. And I just feel like we don't talk about it enough. We just go right into like partnership yeah, and boom, we don't talk about our own, but which right. is why I do all the solo drills, you know, that I do in all of my classes. Cause yeah. I want you to know so about yourself. So first. Having everybody walk. I like doing those kind of drills. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you would, it's, it's so surprising. Like, you know, how walking is <laughs> right. such a difficult like I've been thing doing it for so long. West Coast swing. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like what's happening? Like I know sometimes that I teach beginner classes, classes, and I, and I, I enjoy teaching mm-hmm. uh, beginner classes. Uh, but like when I, when I say okay, walk, walk, like right? all of a sudden these crazy things start happening. Like shoulders start going backwards, or people move their right, whole right, leg right. ninety feet in front they of can't them. Can't bend their knees all of a sudden. Move their body like, like what's you know, happening. Yeah, or, right. or they can't straighten them. Like all crazy stuff starts to happen, and I'm like, right. wait a minute, everybody stop, just stop. Let go. Let me see you just walk. Right? And all of a sudden, nobody's nobody's got a problem. I say that all the time. I'm like, you all walked into class just fine. Now suddenly you hold somebody's hand. You become like Igor from Frankenstein. Like, master the eyeballs. Like, what? What is going on? (laughs) Or like the Tin Man from like, all of a sudden your characters from movies. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what just happened? Like I said, walk, walk. <laughs> you know how to do that part. That should be the easy one. Triple <laughs> might might get you literally tripped up. Right. But like, <laughs> walking. I know. Come on, people. but it happens, right? And that and that is to me. Um, I use oh. that to explain to my students that the mental game is important. The body awareness, the the yes. the importance of our mind and the the mind body connection. Because you your body actually knows how to walk, but yeah, suddenly they- your mind gets in the way and you can't walk anymore. Yeah, you can't have that 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 disconnect. Meaning, like, although your mind and your body work together, mm-hmm. right? You can't allow all of a sudden your mind just to shut off right. or your body just to take over. They have to consider. It's just like right. the mind gut connection. I don't know if anybody you know knows about this, but I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. realizes that we have three brains. Do you know this? We have the brain mm-hmm. brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. Those are our three brains of our body. Um, and I think all of those three things have to be in sync when we're trying to do anything right. that requires and by the way, anything the, for people listening, the, that, that brain thing is because we have a, a concentration of nerves around our heart and a yes. huge one around our stomach and intestines, which is why people, when they get stressed, like get yes. upset stomach as somebody with a sensitive stomach. That's exactly right. So, um, yeah, exactly so it's, right. it's all connected. Yep. Um, and the other thing too. Oh. You know, getting back to the sort of prioritization or, or how we develop as dancers and develop these skills, um, this came up in our conversation at All Star Swing Jam, um, and it came up with Michelle Crozier that we as teachers, and, and particularly at a local level where I get to work with people on a regular basis. Um, Michelle and I talked about how we are both mindful of the dancer's journey of the progression Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. 
we hope that our, we build trust with our students so that they understand that we are taking them on that journey. Um, because some, uh, it came up because, um, in the conversation, people were saying, well, how do we know what to work on and or conversely, there's just so much information out there. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, how do they develop themselves in, along their own path? And hopefully people have a regular instructor or a mentor or somebody they work mm-hmm. with and, and see often enough that that person can help them set that path and, and lay the next few stepping stones. So, you know, I work mm-hmm. with my students a lot on those fundamentals because I have the long-term view of, I want you to be able to express your artistry with a partner down the line. And so I need you to have mastery of mm-hmm. your own, you know, walking and connection, your own body. Yeah. So I will spend a lot of time on that. And then right. the other thing is, is that as my students progress, they hit a certain point at which I start seeing the rest of their path, right? Because their personality starts yes. coming through. Their aesthetic starts coming through. Yeah. Right. Like when they you become start, comfortable. When you start mastering mm-hmm. your fundamentals, um, everybody's mastering the same kind of technique, but expresses it differently. If that kind of makes sense. Like your body is different and the way you use that technique in your dancing is going to be different than that person. Um, And so I start seeing, and then I'm like, okay, you should, um, I just had a student today, like say, what video should I watch? And I was like, you should be watching Larissa. You should be watching Larissa Tingle Schubert Mm because the way you're built and the way you use your legs and the way you, you know, you use your arms, watch Larissa. But like, I wouldn't tell that to another student who's built differently or on a different path. Right. So I think people should make sure that they, again, work on their fundamentals so that they, to your point, have the body awareness and Mm -hmm. the mastery of their own movement. Yeah. Um, But I hope they also have a regular teacher who helps guide them. Yeah. Um, who they can trust to take them on that journey. You don't need to know everything at once. Like Michelle and I both said, we do not give you all the information (laughs) at once because you'd be overwhelmed. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of students that I work with Mm -hmm. infrequently and they study frequently, Mm -hmm. just not with me. So they're taking workshops and private lessons all the time. And Mm -hmm. on the one hand, I'm like, great, they're invested in their dance. On the other hand, Part of me mm-hmm. says, every time you go out and take a lesson, you get different information and you're switching focus. Before you you learn that material, you move on to something else. And so I see them. Agreed. And and nobody to reinforce that and right. help them exactly. figure out that material so, that they learned. Uh, yeah. And I, I tell my students, I'm like, I want you to go out and study with other people and then come back to me and I like with any questions you have and let me help you practice let it. Me help let you. me help you assimilate, yes. it, assimilate it into your right. dancing. Um, because I see those people and then I'll see them like six months later, they come back around for private and they're kind of in the same place or, or they are different, but still at the same competency level, right? Like it's just a different set of problems facing like that got better, but now that got worse. And if people want to get better at the social dancing thing, having consistency, um, you know, it's not that you can't receive different information. You know, people ask me, should I study with one teacher or should I study with many? Well, the answer is many, but I think at that fun, fundamental level, it's helpful to have one teacher for a little while to get you kind of set up and on your journey and then go study with other people and have like that one person be your facilitator. Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say. I think it's important 
if you live in a city that has a regular instructor who's very good at what they do, right? That you should take tons and tons of lessons from everyone. But if there's someone at home that's learned and really good and can help you at deciphering what that you've learned from those other instructors and reinforce the things that you want to reinforce, then you should be doing that on a regular basis. Because if you talk about people who are trained dancers, we have the same instructors that we learn from like ballet, tap and jazz, like three instructors that we learn from. Right. And then as we and then when we, we reach a certain age, like, say, you know, 15, 16, when we start like going out on auditions and going to class in, in Manhattan and, and, and or wherever, L.A., you know, and all that stuff, you start taking lessons from tons of, of instructors. But you still go back right. to those three instructors that you grew up with. And I feel that there's we don't have enough people that look, look, I live in I live in Denver. I am the top professional, the top professional that lives in Denver. And the only people that come to me are the masters because the all-stars in advance, they're either teaching themselves or they don't think they need it. This is me shaking my head for people who can't see. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, it's like, either way I get paid. It's no skin off my back because I have regular students who, who take privates from me that, that are masters level, but also, you know, take my classes, but there's a ton of advanced all-star that live in, in Denver. That should be right. in my class every Tuesday and are not there right. or at least once a month. Not only will it help their dancing, Absolutely. but it'll help their teaching. Right. Or they'll come to my class once every year and then they'll use my techniques yeah. and claim it as theirs. Yeah, it's a real thing. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And we talked about this with Brandy where she was saying those top dancers should be in class for exactly what you said. Both reasons. One, to to work on the same yes. material because we could always work on it. And I would also say that, mm-hmm. you know, like you have your drills, right? And you you do your, your warm up. But every time I do it, I'm thinking yep. about something different or you draw attention to something different. So it's not like I've mastered Absolutely. it the first time or the, even the first 10 times. So there's that aspect. Right. And then the other aspect is, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I go to workshops, you know, with Brandy's suggestion of like, how are they teaching? What are they saying? What's the impact on the student? Yes. And I talk to like, how does people. This work? Mm-hmm. So people ask me like, how do you get better? I'm like, look, it's a suite of approaches. You have group classes, mm-hmm. you have uh, private lessons, um, and you have uh, mm-hmm. practice right? Like you need that practice piece. Um, and, and social dancing, sorry, all four of those, right? So when we look at social dancing, that is you applying everything without any instruction, right? That's that context. Mm -hmm. If we look at practice, Mm -hmm. that's you applying it in a concerted, like, uh, sort of sterile environment, right? You're working on just drills Mm -hmm. and, getting things in your body, right. And yes. doing it correctly every time. Because the real world is not perfect. So social dancing is not ideal. Practice no. session is your ideal environment. Right. Private lessons, all right. instruction, not a lot of application in the sense that you usually are either dancing with the instructor or one other person. And that's it. So it's like high on instruction, right. low on application. Group classes mm-hmm. is instruction and application with the people you're going to end up social mm-hmm. dancing with. Why are Amen. you not like when people say to me, Oh, but they're not good enough and I can't learn blah, blah, blah. What the heck are you talking about? That's it. Those are exactly the people you're going to see mm-hmm. later that night on the social 
dance floor. Those are the people who you should be able right. to dance with. If you're so good, you should be able to make it work with every person in that room. And if you say like, I have a hard time learning that, Agreed. then you should be raising your hand, asking the instructor, I'm having trouble doing this as the leaders also, you know, if you're a follower, what can I like do? the leader's not leading it and you're a follower, say, yeah. look, I understand the leaders are still learning it. I get it. That's awesome. What can I do as a follower to help right. make this work? Or as a leader, I'm not getting it. Right. Or my follower, I mean, I wouldn't say your follower is not following it, but let's say your follower is not following it. What can I do as a leader to be clear about right. my lead? Like, why are we not more active in our learning experience to get the most out of it? Mm -hmm. I think because some people feel um, that learning, they make, they make learning personal. Like when an instructor gives constructive criticism, they become combative with the criticism because they make learning like an uncomfortable experience as opposed to like learning, like learning is about bettering yourself, not just as a dancer, but as a human, like we learn things, right. you know, all the time. And I, I feel like you have to have an open mind. Um, the, the only way to acquire knowledge is through experience. And the only way to be good at something is to open up to learning. And, and if you think you know it all, you know, if you have that mentality, it's hard to learn. I think that's part of it. And I think we have that problem. It's been my experience that just some students, especially newer students, they don't know if they, they don't always know how to articulate their question or what's happening. Um, or they don't know that sure. it's acceptable. Um, I'm proud of the fact that MCS, every time I have guest teachers come in, yourself included, and you're like, wow, your students ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and I'm really proud of that because I, yeah, I yeah, tell them, great. Like, you need, this right. is your dime. It's your time and you should be asking right. questions. If you don't understand something, let me know yes. because one, I can help you. And two, it makes me a better teacher. Well, and I, I know it's not working. Yeah. I, I think it's important for instructors to um, reinforce that. I feel like sometimes we forget to say in class, listen, if you know, mm, yeah. if, before the class starts, this is what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. And if anyone has a question, please feel free you know, to raise your hand. There's no such thing as stupid questions, <laughs> only stupid answers. Right. I'm glad you <laughs> like say I that joke about it. People. That's um, good. So I think, we to, <laughs> right, right. I just I think we, I think we need to, you know, reinforce that more. And I think sometimes we, we forget about that. And as we're going through class, we'll be like, Hey, anybody have any questions? And then, and then I'll go right. like, Oh, so everybody's perfect. Right. Right. And then they go, giggle and then they go, okay, it's okay to ask questions. Yes. It's, it's important to ask questions. I, I, I think too, we live in a, we live in a time where we're not supposed to question anything politically correct and blah, blah, blah. And you watch how you say something. And Jesus Christ, let's just right. like here, something's bothering me. Like, right. hi, it's not hard can to you say help me? Something's not working. As opposed to like, right. It's, I mean, it's like, like I said, everyone, if you go to a doctor and you're asking them a lot of questions and the doctor, you can see that he's getting frustrated or she's getting frustrated uh, and you, they're getting angry. Right. That's not the doctor for you. That means that you're, they, they don't like that you question their authority. They have, you know, the God complex and, 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 and all of that. And, and, you know, and I can understand sometimes delivery of a question can make someone feel uncomfortable because it's a trigger point. I get that. Cause it happens to me sometimes where leaders will, will ask me a question and they ask in such a way that it's almost like they're trying mm -hmm. to challenge me as a female. Right. That's exactly how they ask the question. And that, and that's a total like trigger for me. And I recognize that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Right, I'm like, right. And so I have to calm myself down yeah. for a second. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's like Zen, Zen out. 
But there is the flip side of the coin where like, you know, you're asking, you know, questions because you're genuine, right. you genuinely want to know. Right. And, and the other person's just getting annoyed that you're asking them questions. Well, then that's right. not a good doctor or instructor or anything like that. Like, cause you, as a teacher and a doctor, both, both of the objectives, teacher and doctor is to yes. better and help that person. Right. In different ways, the doctor betters and helps you with your health and the teacher better and helps you with your life. Yes. And I think the important part of that is yeah. because I know the questions that annoy me <laughs> as a teacher. Yes. The questions <laughs> that annoy that. me is yeah. when somebody asks a question that either A, blames their partner or B, is like a passive microaggression yes. against their partner. Like, what do you do when your follower is yeah, not I following? Understand. And I'm like, screw you, leader. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah like Why don't you leave calm better? down if something's not working there are nice ways of saying it you don't have to say my follower is not following right or like followers would be like what do you yeah, do when your leader's pulling on you like you know like give him a break he's working on it yeah. he's got his own journey that he's on and unfortunately you're suffering through part of it <laughs> but um so those are the the questions that annoy me which makes me think and and conclude that you should be asking questions for your own learning so if you don't understand something, or we've talked about this before, if you don't understand the why, you should ask that question f for yourself. Oh, Mary, um, I say that all the time. Yes. If, and if the teacher doesn't tell right. you the why, yes, you have to ask the why. Yeah. And if something, if your partner is not leading it right as a follower, or if as a leader, your follower is not following it right, the question should be, this is not working in the moment. Like, can you help me? do whatever, and I'll come over and help you or the instructor will. Or if there's no time for that, then the question is, how do I, uh, like as a leader, adapt to help my partner through this? Or as a follower, how do I adapt right. to help my leader through this? Mm -hmm. Like we should take more of that partnership mindset of what can I do to help you as opposed to yeah. why is my partner screwing this up for me? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And I think, and it's not like, again, it's not like we don't talk about this. We say all the time, it's about teamwork. It's about right. us working together. You know, we're, I, I just don't under, like, I, I could imagine like if, if the leader and the follower were rock climbing together and harnessed together, if one of them lost their footing, right. the other one would probably reach for them full well knowing that they're still yeah. harnessed, that like they're connected, but they still, their natural reaction <laughs> yeah. would be to save that person. Why do we not we have cut the rope on the dance floor? <laughs> yes. See we, ya. Yeah. We just like spy. Right. Wait. You know. Yeah. <laughs> come back. Come back. Yeah. It's like it's too late, people. Right. I'm already splatched <laughs> on the concrete, all the way down at the bottom of the canyon. Yeah. It's... Jesus, on these rocks. There I am. Yes. Um, and it it you know, for anybody listening. Think right now of your favorite dance, the best dance you've ever had. I'm guessing you thought of somebody else, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> like our best dances are when we're connecting and creating with somebody else. That's it. That's, that's our best dance. Yes. It, there's nobody who said, oh, I had my best dance. Yes. And they're not thinking like I just did it myself. My partner was terrible, but I was great. That was my best dance. Like that's just not success is not only, um, and not only defined by, but it's uh, uh, dependent on the partner. Yes. 
Yeah, I feel I feel like success is dependent on, in general, us you know wor- working together. You know, there's the saying, you know, we do much better in a group right. than Live we do on our alone. own. It was a great episode right? of Lost. So, <laughs> right. So, and, and of course, I'm not saying that like God, you can't be, you can't, uh, you know, achieve anything without everyone else. No, there are certain things that you do on your own that you do, but but. but I feel like we would cr- do so much more if we were just together on, on so many things. We just want to be divided and separate and I want to be right. And you want to be right. And Jesus, no, like, I feel like deep down inside, we all want the same thing, right. but we're going about yeah. it completely wrong. Sorry, I'm going to get off my, cause I got it really excited. No, no, no. I agree with you. I think, um, particularly in the dance world, it gets back to what, you know, I was talking about earlier with, leader and follower expectations of what the other person wants. Like we have all these weird conceptions and, and expectations of what the other person's thinking or doing. And, and at the end of the day, we all want to have a good dance. We all want to connect with somebody and feel good physically and feel good emotionally and, and express ourselves right. with somebody else. If we didn't so. want to do it with somebody else, we would not be doing partner dancing. You can go to a club, have a great time. There's right. lots of good music. You want to dance to top 40? There are plenty of clubs that sure. do that for you. Absolutely. Totally agreed. I'm not, so I'm, I'm not like, again, so I'm not sure like what is happening exactly, why this is happening. Because like I said, subconsciously, deep down inside, we all want the same thing, but yet we're going about it the wrong way. Well, I think way. part of it is what Robert Royston uh, has been talking about of like this, the, how competition is driving things and the self-preservation model. That's certainly part of it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think part of it right. is... Um, I just had this experience with a student where she's working on her connection and she, she finally Mm -hmm. like it clicked, right? Finally, after trying different things, it clicked. She's connected through her core, um, body to body. Mm -hmm. And I checked in on her a few days later after she'd been social dancing and said, actually it was at night. She was social dancing, like practicing after the lesson. And I said, how's it going? She's like, feels Mm -hmm. awful. I was like, what do you mean it feels awful? Like what's going on? She said, uh, I was like, are you able to do it? She said, yeah, yeah. She's like, no, that feels fine. She's like, all the people I'm dancing with feel awful. <laughs> and the thing is like, <laughs> as we get better, granted, she also said to me, I'm having better dances yes. with the better leaders, right? And I think right, right. there's, we, we all want that great dance. You know, we'll have lots of okay dances or good dances. And then we have that magic dance and like, it's like a high, like we're all like tapping our elbows. Like we need more of it. And um, we're chasing that. And the thing is, is that as we get better and we get mastery of our own dancing, we're also aware of other people's abilities, good and bad. Right. So the, the better I fine tune my communication and my connection in my body, the more I'm aware of what's happening with somebody else's. And that doesn't always feel good. Right. Because not everybody is the same. Not everybody is what yeah. we're looking for. Even if it's another, like I dance with other all-stars and we just have different ways of connecting. Um, never really feels bad, but like it doesn't feel what I'm looking for. Right. So I think right. we all want that. And then we encounter people who don't feel the way we want them to feel. And then, then I don't know why we get into the, the combative mode, but. I do think that's a trigger for it. It's like, we all want to connect. And then I'm like, why won't you connect with me? <laughs> so, and here's, so here's the thing. Let's do the comparison with like, say you, <clears throat> you meet somebody new and you're having a conversation and it, and it's kind of hard for you or, or you have, um, 
you have a disconnect in the conversation. And, and so one of you tries to figure out how can we flip, how could we make this conversation go in a positive direction? Because mm-hmm. right now it's not happening and, and, and it doesn't happen in that conversation. So you make sure the next time that you, you, you want to connect with that person again to like make things right. I think what happens in dancing is that we have this dance and we're not connecting right. And you don't go, listen, next time I dance with them, I'm going to see like how I can be better with it. You, you automatically right. go, I'm not dancing with that person anymore. That's what I think happens. Well, and to your point earlier about how dancing, the way people dance is how they have conversations. I think some people are like, this is not a, I, we don't yeah. click, I'm out. I think they do that in their conversations right. too. How do you know? I mean, it is different in the sense that yeah. <laughs> in a, if I'm not connecting with somebody in a conversation, um, I can walk away. I usually give them three chances. Sure. Th- I mean, yeah, yeah. I believe that like first impressions are usually spot on, but sometimes I'm like, maybe it's me. Maybe like they said something that triggered me. So I'm like, I'm not going to sure. pass judgment yet. And I give, I give the two other chances by chance three. I'm like, okay, it's just, we just can't. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I get that. Yes. I get that. Absolutely. Uh, and I think in the dance, we, we don't give one, we don't give those chances. And the difference thing about a dance is like it in our dance world, it is super rude slash frowned upon to walk away unless there was a serious offense. Right. Right. Um, and so you're, you're stuck in that conversation. So now you have to make it work <laughs> like for, for four minutes, granted, it's only four minutes, but right. um yeah, if you're with somebody and you put forth a conversation topic as a leader and your follower doesn't seem receptive, well, then try another topic, you know, like, I want to connect with you. The other thing right. I think, and this gets back to your point earlier of we're kind of in this, uh, everybody wants to be right phase. There's so many conversations that people get into to tell you how they feel, not to understand how you feel. Right. It's that saying people, some, some people talk. To, be to respond, yeah, and others others talk to listen. Right, it's the same thing. Yes. Like I I know that the, I have certain friends, um, that I've known for a very long time in, in the swing community that I am not talking about politics with them. Right. There's no way right, right. it's not <laughs> happening. There's no reason to. Yeah, for for what reason? Because we we can't even agree to disagree. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm like, why even bother? Yes. I love them to death. It's not what defines them, or or at least I feel it's not, you know, what defines them as a person. And I do notice that they get they are very adamant and heated about how they feel in politics and aren't sure. really open right to what how I think. And I'm like, I'm not even. Uh, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. And our our politics so, is the perfect example because that's where it's it's most heated right now in people trying yes. to be right and not trying to understand. Right. Um, and you know, it's <laughs> I think of some of my friends who like women who've been on these first dates through online dating and the guy just yes. talks to them the whole time and never asks them anything about Question. them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, and vice versa. But, I've seen that happen. Right. Vice versa. Girls too. Yeah, same yeah. Thing. And, yeah. And nobody wants to go on that date. <laughs> right. We all I don't even go on dates anymore. Well, it's yeah. so but um, fortunately <laughs> I don't have to right now, but, um, uh, but you know, it, it's, good practice if you want to be a good conversationalist you ask other people questions so right. yes you share your viewpoint and then you say what do you think what's your what what's your view or before you even say your opinion ask what theirs is and we should right. be taking that same approach to social dances so when i lead i tell somebody hey here's here's a thought 
right? Um, sometimes it's an open-ended question though of like, what do you want to say? So I set up the follower in a way that says, what are you hearing mm-hmm. in the music? Right. Right. And then it's the back and forth, the give and take. Some followers just jump in and they like to talk and that's fine. But then my role is not to check out and be like, well, this person's a terrible conversation. I'm never going to dance with them. Agreed. My right. challenge now is, okay, well, they have a lot to say. Cool. Let me listen. Let me ask a lot of questions so that I can hear what they have to say. And don't you think it's important too for people to, um, it, again, to me, it's just like talking, mm-hmm. uh, finding the pause. Yes. To know when to speak. Correct. <laughs> Virtual high so five. Important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Absolutely. And, and exactly what we do in conversation and Divi was great in pointing this out that we use a lot of words of affirmation. Right. Yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to do that in our dancing. Um, so yeah. look, if you're dancing with somebody who is not a great conversationalist, and that could be mm-hmm. lots of different reasons. Could be their personality. It could be their dance style. It could be how they're trained. It could be how they're feeling they're that having day. having a bad day. Right. There's all yeah. sorts of reasons why somebody will not be a great conversationalist. Um, your job then is to, to be the person who propels that conversation forward. It's a team. Right. So, We're still going to have a conversation and I'm still going to make it work. So, if, you know, if you're not going to ask me any questions, fine. I'll ask you a lot of questions. We're still mm-hmm. going to have a back and forth, a conversation. Um, if you're a follower and your leader doesn't ask you any questions, Throw in words of affirmation, throw in, in the pauses, your ideas. And if they don't pick up on right. them, you can't make him suddenly no. listen to you, but you can be a good partner in that conversation for those four for that time, Right. And, and sometimes like, you know, when, when like, I don't want to call them bad dances, but like when you <laughs> have a dance that just didn't give you what you needed at the time, it's, I call it a write-off. It's like, all right, just a write-off. I'm not going right. to worry it about up. it now. Right. Shake it off. Now, are there times when um, you keep dancing with this person socially and it just it just doesn't click? It's not happening right. or they're just that again to me. That's again, that's a write off. I'm just now I'm just I've, I've given it all I can give right. and I'm, I'm just not going to subject myself to that type of conversation. Sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that's a prerogative. Yes. Right. Yeah. And people have the right to say no if it's not. Yeah, if it's not comfortable. Right. People don't have the right to, for me, it's like anything else. People don't have the right to say things about you that aren't true or do things to you that aren't right, which I which I find it happens a lot in the in the dance. Yeah, we like to gossip. Oh my God. And say th- and, and people fall into it and they just like they hear one thing about one person and all of a sudden they're like, I'm not talking to that person. And then and it just goes like wildfire without giving the person you know, the benefit of the doubt or, or recognizing like, is that actually true? Because what, what I see of that person mm-hmm. in public is nothing, right. you know, like that. Or maybe are they saying that because of how they feel about themselves? There's so many things, right. you know, that come into, into, into account when we're dealing with human behavior and contact and dancing. Yes. By the way, right. Um, Cause that's very pertinent to what I just watched this afternoon, which is, um, Last week tonight with John Oliver last night was uh, his main feature was about public shaming. Which I think is awful what people are doing these days about it. Yeah. Um, And he talked about that. He did talk about how there are places where it's appropriate. Yes. To hold people accountable, people in power accountable. Um, Yes. But yeah, it's really interesting. And I I did reflect on our own dance community and and how we've done public shaming in our own dance community and, and how that can really unnecessarily undeservedly ruin people's lives and experience. Right. 
Um, right. So, right. yeah. But the name of the game is we, us, we're together, we're in it together. And team. Working on our own dancing so that we can have better conversations with more people. We should be striving to have better conversations with people and adapting our conversational style because we understand conversations and how we talk to right. like using our tools to have better conversations with people. Mm-hmm. That's such a fundamental thing. Um, and the social dancing piece of our dance is still the heart and essence of what we do. Oh God. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I let, you know, I've said before, it's like, it's like two souls connecting and, and having all of these amazing things happen without, without verbal cues and mm-hmm. without, without, there are sometimes you have magical dances with a complete freaking stranger yep. because the two of you have made the, made, made the, uh, the, the unverbal contract that we're going to completely like you're mine. I'm yours. We're <laughs> right. together. Right. Yep. Which I For think is brilliant. Minutes. Yeah. 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 Of just bliss. Awesome. God. I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Yes. Um, it's a good conversation, Eric. Yeah. It's a, it's another all things swing. Yeah. We did one with I Tom guess, and this is just us. <laughs> I guess we'll call it all things swing part two. What? I don't know. You call what it whatever part you want. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I'll title it something. Um, yeah, whatever. I'll just say mm-hmm. a few reminders for people. Go ahead. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can, of course, post a comment on our website. You can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook, which is still active. There's still topics coming up on there. Um, you can also email Deborah and me through our website at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Instagram, where we are at thenakedtruthwcs, and believe it or not, you can follow us over on Twitter where we now have, I think, 29 followers? Yes. Oh, my God, we're up to 30. Yes. Cool. Thank you, 30 people who follow us. Really, all I post there is when we have new episodes and what they're about. But still, you can follow us there. And if you want to reach us and send us a message over there, you can do that, too. Um, I Mm -hmm. do check our Twitter feed. Don't forget, you can buy some stylish swag at our online store. Just go to thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you or we can get it to you at an upcoming event. And if you see one of us at an event, we will have some swag on us, or at least that's the goal. (laughs) So again, that's thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of other podcast hosting platforms. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And, and that's, that's the, the Naked, naked truth. truth. These are on backwards, aren't they? Yep. I don't know. Um. They look fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, they're on your ears. I don't understand what the problem is. Maybe your ears are backwards. Right. Switch your ears.